Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. All right, how's everyone doing today? Good? All the, all the Christmas wrapping is thrown away, mostly. You're full of turkey or lamb or whatever it is you eat on Christmas, yes? <laughs> awesome. All right, well, today I, um, I'd like to talk about uh, following God's voice. Following God's voice. Does that sound good? Great, that's what I got. So that's what we're talking about. Um, so I, I love the prophetic. It's really one of my favorite gifts. When I was, um, for those of you who've been around for a long time, you know that the, the prophetic has been a really big part of my story. I, I grew up in a Christian family. We were missionaries when I was a little kid. And so I've always known God. I've grown, grown up hearing the stories of Jesus, uh, knowing the Bible, you know, and that, that was all really familiar to me. But when I, was, when I was 12 years old, we started going to a church that was really active about training people in the gifts of the prophetic, you know, that was really encouraged, like, hey, everyone should really learn how to do this. And when I remember when I went to this prophetic class and learned that, man, God actually wants to speak to me as an individual, that he's not just, even though it's good that he, he wrote his word down in a book, even though it's, it's good that there are people who are, can kind of teach uh, about the word or, or share their own revelation, that also God wants to speak to me as an individual and, and influence and direct my life. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? Like the, the God of the universe, the, the almighty, the alpha, the omega, he, he has made himself available to us. It, is this not impressive? <laughs> it's one of those things, like, like much of experiencing who God is, that is so massive. The, the, the magnitude of that gift is so big that it's, it's, it's hard to fathom. You know, if, if someone right now gave, uh, wrote you a check for uh, $5,000, be like, wow, that's amazing. That's a really generous gift. That's so nice. Oh, that's awesome. If someone wrote you a check for $10,000, you'd be like, holy smokes, that's amazing. That's awesome. If someone wrote you a check for $3 trillion right now, do I just walk in the bank with this? Like, what, you know, it's, it's hard to know even know, what to know what to do with that right? It, it's such a big number. It's so much. You, you just don't really register it as, you don't even know how to apply that to your life necessarily, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> Steve might be able to figure it out, but I, I, I would just, I don't know, bury it somewhere, which is probably not what you're supposed to do. There might be a scripture about that, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I love salvation. I, I love healing. I love all the things that God does, but for me, I, I, for, for my personal experience, I cannot think of a more precious gift than the idea that the God of the universe wants to talk to me personally. And because that's something that I personally value so much, I cannot personally think of a greater tragedy than any son or daughter of God missing out on that or not getting to enjoy that in their, in their lifetime. Does that make sense? And so today, I, I, rather, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what, what it's like to, to follow God, God's voice. And then I would really like to just uh, practice hearing his voice with you guys. Does that sound good? Yeah, this is kind of our after Christmas, you know, party. This is great. Um, so I want to, there's 
hundreds of stories. The gospel is full front to back with these kinds of stories that you can learn these kinds of lessons from. But for today, let's go to Mark 4. I do want you to see this one because this is a fun one to see. Um, for any of you uh, motherly people in the audience who have noticed that my shoe's untied, don't worry, I'm aware of it. I'll be very careful and not trip on it, and I will tie it at an appropriate time. Fear not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've had people come up on stage and tie my shoes for me in the middle of that. No, no, no need to do that. But um, anyway, Mark 4, uh, we're going to go with verse 35. This is a really ridiculously famous story. We hear this one all the time. But it's, it's one, of the, one of the many, many, many stories that we can, that we can use to learn how to follow God's voice. So, uh, Mark 4, verse 35. On that day when evening came, he said to them, let's go over to the other side. This would be the Sea of Galilee. Uh, after dismissing the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a fierce gale of wind developed, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling with water. I don't know if many of you spend times on boats, but if there is water going into the boat, that is bad. That is not what a boat is for. Um, you're thinking of a bathtub. That is not what a boat is for. And yet Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? We are perishing. And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. Uh, I've heard people say that this was, the, the way this was likely phrased in the original language was almost more of a casual thing, like, like put a lid on it or something like that, like kind of a, a phrase like that sort of thing. Um, and the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid huh, and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Um, famous story, right? Anyone not, is this anyone's first time hearing that story? Okay, great. Everyone's heard this story. This is a famous, famous story. And I, I love this because we, we can make the mistake as Christians of thinking that hearing God, the, the main purpose of hearing God's voice is so that we can receive instructions about what we are supposed to do with our life. That is not the main purpose of the prophetic and that is not the main purpose for our access to God's voice. I, I've met so many people who have this idea that uh, they'll say something of this phrase, and I've, I've used this here before. Um, I just want to know what God's will for my life is. I just want to know what God's plan for my life is. I just want to know what God has for me. Anyone ever heard someone say something like that before? Not a bad thing to want. It's a great thing to want. We do want to know what God is thinking about our life, what he's, what he's planning. But often I find it, it comes out of this um, really fear that I, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know which direction to go. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to go in the wrong direction. And so we can have this idea of like, oh, I want to hear God's voice because I want to uh, just know what I'm supposed to do. I want to be, follow the correct direction for my life. The, the primary purpose of, God, of the personal voice of God in our life is not direction. It's so that we could have a personal experience with his nature. With his nature. Aw. That's my daughter. She's very beautiful. <laughs> Sweetie. <laughs> um. And so, the first thing I want to talk about here for just a moment before we dive in is, is it's, it's absolutely essential for all of us to know when we are approaching hearing God's voice that we have a set of expectations and a lens that, that we see God and everything through. Does that make sense? 
So we know God's nature. We know how this story ends. Yet the disciples had this experience of, uh, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, you are literally sleeping in the boat while we are dying. These are experienced fishermen who are scared. This is a scary storm. Um, and so, so frequently we can have a preconceived notion about the way that we are supposed to hear God's voice. Again, if we are looking for instruction, we can uh, just receive instruction. If we're looking for uh, direction, we're going to look, only look for God. What are you telling me to do? Or are you confirming that what I'm doing is right? Instead of making the primary focus, Lord, I just want to know your nature. I want to know the tone of your voice. And, you know, in different versions of this story, when Jesus corrects them, he says, uh, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Most of us hear that in the context, uh, like there is a character flaw that people had. But does that make sense? And I hear Christians do this a lot. We have this, this idea of there's, a, there's some kind of character flaw or not having faith is, is a mistake. In the Passion Translation, uh, it uh, interprets this a little bit differently and it's a little bit closer to the, to the original language. It says, have you not yet learned to trust? Have you not yet learned to trust? Learning to hear God's voice and learning to follow it is not about just being obedient when you hear him say something. It's about having a regular, constant, and perpetual encounter with his voice so that when he says something, you're so familiar with what he's saying and you're so used to hearing his voice that you don't need to stir up your faith. You have experiential faith, which is trust. Does that make sense? So I want to share this one short story, and then we're just going to dive into some, some practical stuff, which will be fun, I think. Um, so like I said, when I was 12 years old, we started going to a church that taught about the prophetic, and me and my mom dived on it right away. Like She, she just really took to it naturally. I took to it naturally. And again, this idea that I could hear God's voice was, was incredible. And so I remember, we, uh, at that time, we uh, lived about 45 minutes away from our church. My parents were really involved in church, and so we'd go to church three or four times a week. So every week, three or four times a week, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back, we'd have this long drive to church. And my mom, one day, really just kind of on a whim, said, hey, you know, what if instead of just sitting here in the car, we, we practice prophesying, we practice hearing God's voice, and we did all the things that we had learned in our little, you know, class of, you know, learning to, uh, that, that God doesn't just speak with uh, English, sometimes he'll give you an impression or a picture in your mind's eye and all these things, and we would uh, practice prophesying, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back, three to four times a week, every week for years. And it's funny because my mom is a really relaxed person, but for whatever reason, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. She, she really pushed this, you know. She, she'd, you know, say stuff like, oh, we're, you know, we're five miles away from our exit. Get, get four prophetic words before we get there. And I said, I can't do that. And she'd say, oh, yes, you can. And, you know, I'd try it and we could do it. And we did this over and over and over again for, for years. And, you know, I, this was 12 years old, 13, 14, 15. As I got into my teen years, you know, sometimes I'd be a little bit annoyed, like, hey, let's, let's practice prophesying again. I'm like, no, I'm a moody teenager. I just want to look out the window and think about deep stuff. I don't want to prophesy him, but still, she would push for it. And I, I didn't realize the, the magnitude of the gift that my mom had given me 
until, uh, until I was 20, 22. When I was 22, I was in a school of ministry in, in Redding, California. And one of the things you get to do when you're in second and third year is you get to travel with some of the, the people who travel and teach there and be their ministry team. And so I was traveling with uh, Bill, Bill Johnson, and uh, one of the people who was managing the trip called me and said, hey, uh, could you come and prophesy over this, uh, this guy? And I said, sure, no problem. She said, yeah, we're trying to you know, get a little team together to prophesy over this guy. And I said, oh, yeah, no problem. What's the, what's the situation? And she said, well, uh, so this guy just actually, he just got out of the hospital. Um, he had, uh, he's been in a coma for 30 days and just woke up. And he uh, just found out that his, his wife and his three daughters that were in the car accident that put him into a coma had passed away. And he had just found out the previous day when he woke up, will you come and prophesy over him? And I was, I was genuinely shocked at, the, at the, my internal emotional response because even though I could feel the, the weight, the, the heaviness of the situation that I was stepping into, I was genuinely surprised to find that I was not the, not the least bit scared that I wasn't going to have anything to say or that I wasn't going to get a word. And it's not because I was clench my teeth, super strong faith kind of person. It's because I'd heard his voice 10,000 times when it didn't matter if I got something profound or something simple. When it didn't matter if I, I got a word or didn't, if I could get you know, three words before we got to the exit or not. Because I had heard his voice over and over and over and over again and practice over and over and over again, I'd become familiar with the way that it sounded so that I didn't have to reach down and find a bunch of faith. I had years of experiential faith, trust in his voice. Does that make sense? And I, I, I want to say that because sometimes we can look at people like, like Sean Bowles or Chris Ballatin, who are these awesome prophetic voices, and we can think, wow, that's so amazing that they have a gift like that. Wow, that's so cool. Man, they, they have this sweet superpower. And I want us, it's, it's so important that we rem remember, we are all fundamentally designed to hear God's voice. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. That's not a measurement of character as to whether you're sheep enough or not. That, that, that's a, a, a statement of your fundamental design, that you are designed to hear and recognize his voice. You're designed to be familiar with the way his voice sounds. And Chris Valentin and Sean Bowles and myself and any other awesome prophetic person is not able to prophesy with such accuracy, not able to share such awesome prophetic words, not just because they're a super awesome anointed person, but because they have just simply spent time growing in learning how to hear his voice. Does that make sense? And so I want to I wanna take some time here because um, I just want to exercise hearing God's voice all, all together. Um, just one, one last thing before we transition to this. So I um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, Christmas was on its way. You might have remembered this. Um, that was a joke. You can laugh. It wasn't a good one, so you don't have to laugh too much. But um, Christmas is on its way, and, you know, everyone on every Internet thing was saying, goodbye, 2020. Ah, oh, 2020 is almost over. Yay, 2020 is gone. Hooray. You know, all this stuff, which I, I understand the sentiment. Um, but in the middle of that, and I was feeling some relief of like, oh, yeah, this has been a weird, strange, difficult year. Uh, 
you know, I know it's been difficult for everyone in a hundred different ways. I know for me, there was a point in the middle of the year, I was like, I just don't want to make a single decision about anything ever again for the rest of my life, just because if we're going to do this, are we going to do that? Uh, but um, I had, so I had that feeling of like, oh, thank God this year is done. And in, in that moment, I immediately just saw this picture of, of the Lord sitting down comfortably with a package in his, in his hand. And he said, and not, not with any hint of uh, condescension or, or any kind of um, you know, negativity, he said, you might want to make sure that you get everything that I've put in this year for you before it's over. I just felt this personal conviction that even though there's a lot of things about 2020 that, that happened this year that I'm not that happy about, that were very difficult, that I, that I am maybe even still processing, despite all of that, no matter if you had an easy year, a hard year, or somewhere in between, God has so much that he has prepared for you in this year. There is so much of his goodness, so much of his glory, and so much of his kindness that he's, that he's placed in here available for you. And so I just want to take a moment to kind of just stir up the spirit of prophecy a little bit and, and practice that. So I'm going, to, I'm going to prophesy over a couple of you. Is that okay? Cool. I love doing this because half of the room is like, me, 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 me. And the other half is like, oh, God, not me. Oh, God, not me. <laughs> is he going to make me do something weird? Probably not. Um, but I'm also going to ask real quick if uh, Mr. Dan Weber would come on the stage with me for a second. Um, Because he's got some people to prophesy over too. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Um, so let me find the first person. Oh my goodness, where did you go? Oh yeah. Um, so you there? You have a, a, a just real quick too. Um, I have forgot my dearest and closest friends' names when I'm standing on stage. So if I do not remember your name, uh, you can be mad at me you want. But no, I'm trying very very hard. Um, but so you have, a, you have a hoodie on that says Gymshark on it there. Uh, if you could just stand up real quick. Yeah, Charles. Um, man. <sighs> so the, the whole time during worship, I was just, I was, my eye just kept getting drawn to you because I just saw um, this, this, uh, this picture of this, this angel walking behind you just carrying fire. And it was really neat because it wasn't like carrying a like logs that were on fire it was carrying fire that was not burning on on anything and it was it was um it was a fire that was just self-perpetuating getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and I asked the Holy Spirit what that meant and I just heard him say he said I'm releasing the fire of heaven onto every single part of his life and I just felt like you've been there's uh there's been some, uh, I, I believe, some passion, some things that you've wanted to launch or to get started that, that it's always, it, it, feels, it feels almost like it's like never quite the right time or the right situation or the right, right this, that, or everything, you know? And um, I just feel like the Lord, in, in all of that preparation and hope and trying to get, this, get, get things started, get things set up, he's just been building this fire bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that he... Um, um, and again, I feel like it's, it's uh, and you can tell me if I'm wrong later, but I just feel, I just see this really, really strong call for both ministry and business on your life. And he's just about to release his fire through, your, through business and through ministry at the same time. 
And, and some of these ideas that have been in your heart that, well, maybe if I could do this and then I could do this and then I could do this and trying to figure out the right time to do it and all that stuff, he's just going to release this momentum that's going to launch all of it at the same time, which might seem like, kind of like a lot, but it will have this, this momentum, this heat, this, this, uh, this acceleration behind it that's um, going to make it easy. And, and the right people to support and work with you are just going to be drawn to it. It's gonna be like a beacon that pull, pulls them together. And I feel like maybe even that's been some of the struggle is who's the right people to partner with and what's the right time. And you're just going to see them and you're going to see the same fire in their eyes that you have in your heart to, 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 um, to, to be in these kinds of areas. And, and it's not even gonna be this difficult thing of are they the right person, are they this, or this. You're just going to see them and say, you are the person that God has sent to be part of what I'm doing here. And it's gonna be so easy and I just see this acceleration. You're going to actually be so successful that you're going to make room for lots of other people to be successful. And so if everyone would just real quick extend your hands. Um, yeah, we just bless the fire that's been building up, Lord. We bless his patience and his, and his uh, willingness to, um, to wait on the Lord, to, to wait for the right moment. His wisdom in, in being willing to, to recognize when it's not time, when it's not time to launch that. And I bless, again, I just bless his stewardship of hope, his stewardship of your voice, Lord. And I just say that this, this next decade will be just an outpouring of your faithfulness, an outpouring of success, an outpouring that makes room for more people to be successful. And that all of these areas that he's passionate about, that he will be able to walk in success in every single one of those without compromising any value for, for family, for time, for all those things, that he'll be able to walk in all those things with comfort, with peace, and with grace. So just release that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so, again, I want to I encourage you guys. I, we're obviously giving words to individuals right now. Um, it's so important that, to the best of our ability, we pay attention whenever anyone's getting a prophetic word from anyone. Because there's, A, something that might be released for one person could also be being released for you. And B, remember, the main point of the prophetic is not just that we would receive instruction. It's that we would begin to understand God's nature. Because even if that specific word doesn't ap apply to you, there is a piece of God's nature that's being released into it. And there are pieces of God's nature that even I wouldn't see or someone else wouldn't see, even if they're giving the prophetic word. That's because, again, you are designed to hear his voice and see what he's doing. Make sense? So, what you got, Dan? Uh, Philip, a word for you, man. Um, Philip, uh, I just... <clears throat> um, you know, the Lord just sees you. He sees you. He, he calls you his watchman. Uh, you have a watchman anointing on you. And uh, I feel like some of these things you know, but I feel like the Lord wants to, A, reaffirm, and I feel like the Lord also wants to expand some, some perspective. Um, he sees you. He calls you a watchman. Your, your job is to, you know, a watchman can see what, what's coming, right? Good, bad, or ugly. Uh, can see what's coming. And there's actually an anointing on you in, an, in the prophetic, which you know you have a prophetic anointing, but the mix of it is actually to uh, put a stop to things and to allow things. And so your watchman anointing isn't just for the individual. I know, you know, I know what you do, but not just the individual, not just even what you're doing with your team, but the watchman anointing on you is a regional anointing. Uh, the Lord's put you in a place on purpose with intention. It's a specific assignment. 
And it's not just for even the town, it's, 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 it's larger than that. It's a regional anointing that as you see, uh, that you allow and you disallow. And he's given you the prophetic anointing in decrees to cause that which isn't as if it should be and to actually stop things and to allow things. And so the Lord just says, uh, 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 he's, you're his watchman, man. Hope you're blessed for that. Okay, yeah, let's put your hands toward him. Yeah, so Lord, we just bless what you're doing in Philip. We bless the anointing that's on his life. We bless uh, the calling that's on his life. We bless the assignment that's on his life in this season. And uh, Lord, we just say release. Just everyone just yell release. Release. An upgrade. upgrade. Yeah, an upgrade in his anointing. Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this is a little bit different one. Um, so uh, don't, I don't want you to feel pressure to identify yourself if it's uncomfortable for you, but um, I felt like there was someone in this room who had a son who was 23 years old who's been questioning their faith, and it's just really been this struggle. It's either someone in the room or someone on the stream um, that's been questioning their faith, and it's just been this real painful process for you, and you've really been pushing you know, against the fear that can come with that and this desire to try to, you know, uh, do I dive in, do I not, do I say something, do I not say something, and there's just, I can just feel this thing, you've actually been fighting this fear really, really well, um, and I, um, I just heard the Lord say, I just saw this picture, and I saw, um, I saw your, your son, and it, it was like, um, you were under this glass, and it was like that thick, you know, glass, like at a, on a glass bridge or something like that. And your son was on the bridge above, and you were below, and he was walking this way and that way, and you just like, ah, I can't get through, I can't uh, touch, I can't, I can't affect, I can't direct, and I could feel that frustration. And I just watched uh, God come down, reach straight through the glass, pick you up through it, and set you right next to him. And I just heard God say this, I've, I've um, given you the grace to walk th- with your son through this. And so I just, I don't, again, you don't need to identify yourself if you don't want to, but I just, um, I just want to, uh, everyone just put your hands out in front of you. I just want to pray right now. Because whoever that is right now, I just release the grace to walk through this with your son. I just, I just speak silence to fear right now, that any fear that would cause a reaction or panic or, or to try to just, you know, to do, do any of the things that we do when we're scared. I, and I just release the grace to walk with your son through this. In Jesus' name. And I, I also just want, um, if, if that word applies to anyone or someone that you know uh, right now, it, it, just in general, of people being uh, close family members, uh, losing faith or struggling with faith, I just want you to stand up real quick. And I just want to pray for that grace to be released. Um, so if that, again, if that applies to anybody. There's a grace in the room right now to to completely change the way that you interact with this experience. That it's not a, where all the fear leaves and you just know exactly what to do. Where, where, Where you, even though you can't see it, where you step in 
to, to the presence of a God who already knows exactly what's going to happen, who has already planned, who has already accounted, who has already set up encounters, who has already set up moments, who knows exactly how your son or your daughter or your, or your brother or whomever it is for you thinks and knows exactly the way that they operate. And it's just beautiful because it's, I, I felt that with when I've had friends who have gone through this, that panic, that, that pull them out of the fire kind of panic that, that's so scary. And it's, it's rooted in love, of course, but it, you just don't know what to do with it. And it's just completely shifting to, I can comfortably walk with them through this without, without shaming them, without condemning them, without uh, doing any kind of negative, negative reaction. I can truly walk in trust with God and, and partner with what he's doing in their life. So right now, I just release this grace to all of these families, whether it's a son, whether it's a daughter, whether it's a brother, whether it's a sister, a mother, father, any close family member right now. We just, rather than, rather than trying to pull or push right now, we just release the story that God has for them into their life right now. And we set our fears, we set our cares upon you right now, Lord. And we say, we trust you with our sons. We trust you with our daughters. We trust you with our friends. We trust you with our brothers and sisters. And we just invite you now, Lord, show us how to partner. Show us how to walk with them. Show us how to stay close in the midst of this challenge, in the midst of this disconnection. Show us how to walk with them. And we, and we walk with them right now with the with the glorious expectation of, of, of redemption, of healing, of reconnection, of encounter with your presence, Lord, of beautiful, beautiful testimonies, of discovering the, the beauty of who God is for themselves. And I just say that some of the most beautiful stories and some of the strongest Christians will come out of the stories that are happening in this room right now. I just release that grace right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to jump out here. Ben, I just met you. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I feel like um, the Lord, I, I know just a little like snippet about you, right? I've heard a little bit from April. Uh, I, I feel like the Lord has given you a business anointing. And um, I don't know if you work for yourself uh, in, in, your, in your business, but I feel like the Lord's given you a business anointing. And uh, and what I feel like there's actually something this next year that he's calling you to put your hands to that's going to take off. Uh, I feel like that's actually an idea that's been in your heart, hidden in your heart. It, I, don't, I almost don't even think you've told anybody about it. I don't even think you've told your wife about it. I think there's just been a, an idea that's been brewing and brewing, something you've been longing for and to go after. And I feel like the Lord, you're just wondering, waiting and wondering when is the time. I feel like the Lord's saying it's the time. And he's going to release like uh, 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 an actual grace to open that up. And, uh, and in fact, a door, I see doors opening. That's going to be a very, um, uh, it's going to be just super easy to see. This is, this is that. Does that make sense? So I feel like there's going to be a door that opens, a, a natural invitation for you to step into, to begin to take off down this road or whatever this business venture is. And, uh, and I just, I feel like I'm supposed to just impart to you a gift of faith. Uh, a gift of faith, you know, the gift of faith is we, we just, we believe the Lord. I mean, it's kind of simple. It's like we just actually believe him and then we act. 
And so I feel like, you know, it's really nice to go in hands with the business anointing because it's a bit risky sometimes. <laughs> and uh, having the gift of faith is just such a beneficial gift. And so I just released to you a gift of faith. And I released you eyes to see and ears to hear the voice of the Lord as a business partner like you've never even imagined. A business partner that counsels, that mentors, that gives you strategy and ideas a business partner that uh, opens up uh, the gift of wisdom, that actually sees things that you couldn't see naturally, uh, that he just sits beside you and begins to just mentor you along those things. Uh, and so we just release ideas and, and, and the things that are in your heart to come forth and, uh, and to see them come to fruition. And so we just bless what the Lord's doing in you. We bless what he's doing, uh, has been doing for a long time. And we bless man, what he's getting ready to do because I just see it just absolutely exploding. So... We just thank you for Ben. Yeah, we thank you for his family. We thank you for, for all of them and what you're doing in all their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You tell me later how that works out. <laughs> awesome. All right, I know we've met before, but my brain is totally frying. I, in the lovely purple sweater right here. Alice, great, awesome. All right, if you could stand up real quick. Um, yeah, so I just... Um, I was just looking at you, and this sounds intense, but it's not nearly as intense as it is. I just saw your head explode. Um, and, uh, but it, it exploded with just creativity. Like, there was just this, um, this explosion of, of, of just creativity. And it's, it's neat, because creativity is one of those words that we can kind of, ironically, put, put in the box, where it's like, you know, cr creativity is just like, oh, I draw with pastels, you know, or I, you know, I, I, I do craftsy things, which that stuff's great, but it, creativity is, is unique and new expression, either, either new ideas or, or, or old ideas done in a brand new way. And that can apply to just about anything. That can be business, that can be art, that can be, that, that, you know, that can be in ministry, that can be in family, that can be in anything. And so, but I just saw this explosion of creativity and I feel like you've always been a person who see th sees things in a unique way and, and um, likes to do things a little bit different or likes to try things this way or try things that way. And I just, um, and I feel like sometimes, and maybe this has been true to varying degrees, but sometimes it's, um, other people just don't quite get it or, or and, and it can be frustrating because like, I'm really trying to do this, but you experienced it this way and ah, you know, it, it can feel a little bit frustrating. But I just felt like your, your ability to get what's inside your head out is about to explode. Um, and it's, it's interesting just because I feel like, uh, I don't know what you do for work or if this has anything to do with it whatsoever, but you, you could, I feel like you could if you wanted to be a consultant to many different kinds of groups, whether it's ministries, whether it's um, businesses, or even like coaching families, just because I feel like the, the creative ideas, the, the unique ways of doing things, the fresh perspective that you have, is the, the world is getting hungry for it. And this, this is, again, this is my nerdy way of saying this, but like the environment around you is a vacuum is being created for the kind of creativity that you had. And it's, it's not just, oh, I finally had breakthrough and this stuff can come out. No, the world got hungry for it and it's pulling it out of you. And, and, and so when someone's hungry for something, they can taste the beauty in it way better than when they're not hungry for it, if that makes sense. And so I just want to encourage you, don't let any disappointments you've had around creativity in the past prevent you from, from venturing forth and where God has you because the world is growing hungry for the unique expression of creativity that you carry. 
And so, yeah, let's just extend our hands to her real quick. Lord, we just, we just bless her in whatever application she wants to have for the gift that God's given her. And I, again, I, I bless the truth that this is, this is a gift that can be applied so many different ways and in so many different directions. And I just, um, I just release the guiding hand of the Holy Spirit that she would not at all be overwhelmed by, oh, should I do it like this or like this or like this? That there would actually just be this wonderful exploration phase where, where, she gets to discover how to apply this, this gift that's always been in her. And I just, again, just, just, uh, I just reveal to her right now that she would see all the places that are hungry for what she carries, Lord. And that she would just uh, be able to fully and completely express all of the, the uniqueness and creativity that she has. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, I'll probably just do a... <laughs> It was like a clap for a putt, uh, two two meter putt, and that's great. Um, all right, we'll just do a couple more. We're a little bit clo- we're a little bit over time, but I'm gonna take a shot in the dark here. This isn't normal for me. Is there a Jesse here? Jesse? No Jessies? Jessica? We got a Jessica. Okay, great. Stand up. Um, do they call you Jesse? Whose name is Jesse? Okay, great. Um, I, I heard the, I just had heard the name Jesse, and then I just heard started hearing the word kind of start playing out in my head, and the word went along the lines of, um, uh, "He's called you a renegade, a forerunner, one who um, who does the things that nobody else thinks they can do. Um, you're you're um, you're uh, what's the word? Like a." Um, yeah, a forerunner. I mean, you, 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 ha. let me just get you here. Here's the, here's the, here's the quote that I heard for you. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. They have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them disagree with them, glorify or vilify them, about the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some see them as crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So I just saw this forerunner, this renegade, go after it, crazy fire, uh, nothing can stop you. Uh, doing the things nobody thinks they can, doing the things people wish they could. Uh, and, and you're just like this representative and representation, uh, pushing people forward and causing other people around you to see what's possible, to see what's, uh, uh, what, what can happen. And just the simple fact of you moving forward and pushing after those things causes the lives around you to be changed because they can see something, taste something, and experience something that they didn't know was possible, and therefore they do. And so I just want to encourage you to run after it, run after it, run after it, run after it. Yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you for Jessica. We thank you for what's in her life. We thank you for the fire and the zeal that burns extraordinarily bright. And, Lord, we thank you for the lives around her that are touched because of her zeal, because of her passion, because of the contagious nature that she is. Yeah, we just bless what you're doing in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) 
All right, we're getting close to time here, but um, you know, some of us, I know our history is like mainly just this kind of prophecy that some, you know, some anointed prophetic dude or dudette gets up here and picks a few people out of the crowd, you know, and prophesies. And that's great. That's awesome. That's super fun. Um, but the, the, the Bible tells us that God's thoughts for us outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. God has so many thoughts about every single one of us. He, he knows every hair on our head. He has so much that he wants to say. It, it is ridiculously inadequate for a few people to hear God's voice and share it with others. Does that make sense? So I just want to take a moment here, if you would, if you'd uh, stand up wherever you are. No, you can go down if you want. Everyone thank Dan Weber. <laughs> I could have warned him ahead of time, but I chose not to. <laughs> um, so I just want to release uh, a, a blessing for the gift of prophecy on every single one of you. Again, the, there's a lot of amazing gifts. Prophecy is the one that we're encouraged to eagerly pursue. You know, the, the 1 Corinthians uh, 14 says that, you know, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Why is that? It's because it's of that story about crossing, crossing the Sea of Galilee, the storm. Ah, oh, why haven't you, you know, where is your faith? Have you not learned to trust? We need to hear his voice over and over and over again because faith is not something that we clench our teeth or clench our fist and, and, and pull on. Faith is something we develop over and over and over and over and over again with a life of hearing his voice. And so uh, if you would just put your hands out in front of you, I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for all these people here, the kind of people who would show up a couple days after Christmas in freezing cold and sit in a tent and worship together, Lord. And I just, I just release an impartation of the gift of prophecy to every single person in this room, Lord. I just, I just, I just um, open up the, the, the door. I just, I just open up every single one of our personal access to your voice, to your kingdom, Lord, that, that we would just erase the idea that, that there are people who hear God's voice and people who don't, that there are people who hear God's voice better and people who hear it to a lesser extent. And we just release the truth that your sheep hear your voice, that we are all fundamentally designed to hear your voice. And just because we're a more analytical person, that doesn't mean that we can't hear your voice. It just means that we might hear it differently than a person who's more creative or, or, or more you know, naturally acquainted to this particular style of, of hearing your voice. We, again, we just release the truth that every single one of us are fundamentally designed, every single one of God's children are fundamentally designed to hear him. I release a grace to hear God's voice in a way that changes our lens, that changes our perspective, that changes the way that we think as our trust in you gets built bigger and bigger and bigger, more and more and more, over and over and over again. So the last thing I want to do while we're here and while your eyes are, eyes are closed is I just, um, I just want to invite the Lord to give each of us a prophetic word. Now, you might hear something for yourself. You might just suddenly see a picture in your mind's eye. It could just be a snapshot or it could be just like a, a little short film that just kind of shows up in your, in your brain. You might just feel an impression. You might just feel this sense of peace suddenly come on you. You might just feel a sense of rest. Um, you might just feel a sense of joy. Um, 
you might just, we call this like a, like a download or a, or a knowing where all of a sudden you just suddenly knew something that you didn't know a moment before. Just, just a confidence or a, this, this knowledge just landed in your mind. And I want to really encourage you because we, we have this idea that hearing God's voice is, you know, only this, you know, the clouds open up and you hear this deep baritone say, this is my son and whom I am well pleased. Um, God does speak that way, but also he speaks to the subtlety of our heart. And we have to learn how to hear him more and more. So if you have never done this before and you hear something, sense something, see something, and you're unsure about it, that's okay. Again, we're not trying to clench our teeth and, and force our faith here. You're not, you don't need to just say, yes, that was God, and yes, that's what he said. Um, if you're unsure, that's okay. But also, don't go the other direction and immediately dismiss it as, ah, that's just a random thought that I had. Because it's not about hearing his voice once. It's about hearing it again and again and again and again and building up that familiarity. So right now, just close your eyes and just, I just, I, and just ask, Lord, what do you have to say to me today? You might get something for yourself. You might get something for someone else in this room. If you get something for someone else in this room afterwards, I, I encourage you to go and share it with them. I would also politely request that you make sure that it's something that's good, that's something that's kind, and something that's loving, because that's God's nature. <laughs> and the same applies if you're hearing something for yourself. If you're hearing something that's unkind, if you're hearing something that's harsh, if you're hearing something that's demeaning, that might still be God's voice, but you might be hearing it through a lens, through, through a, 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 a picture of God that you've had from your childhood or from your own life experience. But every time we hear his voice, he shapes our lens. He shapes our understanding of him. He shapes our, our, our knowledge of who he is. Every time we read the Bible, every time we study the word, he reshapes our lens. And all of these things, not in just one moment, not in just one reading, but over time, they shape our understanding, shape our mind, and shape the way we experience the world. And this, to me, is one of the most tremendous gifts that we have been given the opportunity at any moment, at any time, to pick up one of those grains of sand on the seashore, one of those millions and millions of thoughts that God has for us and say, what do you think about this? What do you think about today? And to allow that to shape us, to shape the way we think. I can think of no gift more useful in the middle of, of trying times where, where so many people have so many different things to say, so many opinions and so many needs all clashing together. I can think of nothing more useful than access to God's voice, to have him shape my lens over and over and over again. So I just release that grace to every single person in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.